Well, uh, hi, Chris. This hi. is uh, nice to have you here leading it. I, you said it was your fourth time. Yeah, I, I mean, think it is. I think so. it could be fourth, fifth. I'm not sure. Right. but uh, well, That's great. Welcome back to the North Point Plus podcast. Oh, you're a much more pleasant person than Rick is, so it's oh. really great to have you on the other side of the I hope he watches this later. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so we're back it. with episode 125. Right. Um, my name's Kristen Sullivan, and I am co-hosting here with uh, Larry, Larry Carter, yep. um, former president of mm-hmm. the Great Lakes Christian, Christian College. College. Okay. Right. There you go. I wasn't mm-hmm. sure if there was, I was yep. missing something That's there. That's it. That's it. Um, this week, you did an amazing job with well, the message. Um, and it just is really powerful. This whole series on the yeah. 12 steps mm-hmm. and recovery and addiction and just how do we deal with that when giving it to God? Um, would you like to talk about the steps that we went over this week and a little sure. bit about the message? Yes. You know, it's really interesting about uh, personalities and leaders and the things that they're passionate about, even their personalities. Um, I told Rick uh, when he was starting the series that um, when I was a pastor, I was a pastor for about 20 years, well, 27 years, and uh, never really did a series on addiction or 12 steps or anything of that nature. Yeah. And my personality is, I guess, whether it's blind to it or whatever, but Rick's heart is such that he is drawn to to people who are struggling, uh, whether it be addiction or with sin, and his heart is really there. He told us in one of our sessions, in our preaching team sessions, that he's been wanting to do this series for a long time. Mm. I mean, like years, and just trying to fit it into a schedule. Right. And finally, it just it came to fruition. It worked out, and I think really the Holy Spirit opening up opportunities. And uh, and then hearing the first couple, couple of messages that he brought, and I told Rick, I said, you know, uh, you're, you're the guy that can do this. Mm. <clears throat> you have that heart, that passion for that. And, uh, and it's been really good for me because... Uh, while I had some awareness, mm-hmm. uh, well, here's my personality, Chris. It's really okay. bad. It's like, Tell me. Uh, oh, you have a problem with this? Yeah, well, then stop doing it. And that's my personality, <laughs> all right? It's just like... Series done. Yeah, it's just it's just dumb, you know? It's just like, well, if you don't like doing that or if you don't like the penalty you pay, well, then stop it. Well, obviously, that's not the solution. That's really not a biblical approach. That's just my personality and my, my blind spot because I think I can take care of things. Mm. Um, uh, but obviously, even through the series, you realize, no, we're, we're all addicts of some sort, right? right. And so uh, I really admire Rick for being able to, to do that, because that's his heart. That's where God has led him. And he really, really sincerely cares deeply about all people, but especially those that are involved in, in struggle, uh, whether it be with their faith or with their lives. I think that's really cool. So, Those are wonderful words of affirmation. I'm sure he's going to well, be touched by well, that. Well, I, I, I told it to him already. Okay. So I, I've, told, I've told him this already, too. Double dose, it's now on the Well, I just yeah. wanted the congregation to know some of the background of this, because his heart, mm. Rick's heart is is so good uh, with this and, and caring yeah. about people like that. And uh, so I think that's, and he's, he's also such a patient guy. Um, that's not one of my strong suits. Is uh, I've told him if, if I get like twenty five percent of the information I need, I'm ready to make a decision to go. Rick, 
he hates, you know, 75% maybe, and then he'll make that decision. But that carries over in how he deals with people. Mm. And so I really admire him for that. So that's it's translated really well into yeah. this message. Yes. Yeah. Um, the whole series has been really great. Uh, this week was a wonderful message. Thank you yeah. for yeah, sure. preaching on it this week. We are talking about step six. Yep. Can you explain a little bit of what step yeah. six is? Well, yes, that's it. it is really being willing to surrender to God uh, my whole life. And then seven carries with that is that let, then let him go deep into my life to uh, uncover the defects that I'm unaware of or I'm blind to, because mm-hmm. it's amazing how, how we do this to ourselves. We blind ourselves to our own faults and imperfections. Yeah. And so, so it's surrendering all of our lives, not just our problems or our addictions or our sins, all of our lives. And then second part is then now letting him get down deep and what are those characteristics, those defects that are preventing us to be everything God's want, God wants us to be? That's really what, yeah. what 6 and 7 were all about. And that's so great. Even when you were saying that, it just made me think of God, uh, prayer really, of God, take the blinders off the church yeah. when they come yeah, through the right. doors and they hear this message. That's right. Um, part of that surrender, but you know, allow us to see what you're working in us through this. Yes. Um, that's, that's powerful. Yeah. Um, so yep. uh, I felt that the whole message was really moving, but you specifically took a passage out of Second Chronicles. Yep. Uh, do you want to just say a little bit about an uh, overview of what that passage is? Because I think there were some really great yep. things within it. Yeah, one of the questions I think that was on, on the paper was, how do we trust God to go before us when it's hard to give up control over our lives? And we're going to come back to this control issue with a, a subsequent question. Uh, but I, I have Psalm 100 uh, out, and I, I love this psalm because of how it ends. But he starts by saying, uh, Shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. That's a key thing. Come before him with joyful songs. Uh, know that the Lord is God. Know that it is he who has made us, and we are his Know that we are his people, the sheep of his pasture. So enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. Here's why. For the Lord is good. Let's stop right there. For the Lord is good. Mm -hmm. Becoming convinced that he is a good God, not a capricious God, uh, not a deistic God that set all things in motion and took his hands off of things. He is a good God. And that, secondly that his love endures forever. Mm. All right. And then the last thing is uh, his faithfulness continues through all generations. So he's good, he's loving, and yeah, he's faithful. faithful. That's right. So th- those things right there, if, if that's our focus, mm-hmm. uh, that then whatever is going on in our lives, whatever we're facing, we know that God is there and in control. One of my favorite heroes is a guy named Dietrich Bonhoeffer. He was... Uh, lived during the time when Hitler was coming to power in Germany. He was a pastor that really protested Hitler and ultimately uh, was uh, arrested and then hung. He was killed for his faith. But he talked about things like his situation. He was in prison for like five years. Okay. Uh, and really in, in not a good situation at all. And then with like, I think it's two weeks before Hitler killed himself, in, in a fit of rage and pettiness, 
he made sure that everybody else that he had in prison died before he did. Wow. And that's when two weeks before Hitler died and the war was over, Bonhoeffer was hung. Right. And you go, where were you, God? <laughs> how, how could this happen? But Bonhoeffer was saying all of life is about being, being present in the moment, whatever the moment is, not the past or the future, whatever the moment, even if that moment is death. Because we look at, at this world, that death is the worst thing that could ever happen. He goes, right. death is the best thing that can happen mm. when faith is involved. Because your next conscious moment, you're with the Lord. And, so, yeah. so anyway, what I'm saying yeah. with that, that the whole background is that trusting that God is in control and, that, and trusting Him because He is good, He does love us, and He is faithful. Another term is righteous, that, meaning that He does all the right things in regards to us. And uh, that's comforting. Yes. So yeah. when giving up control, we can really trust yeah. in Him and His character. Right. So part of giving up control, you're saying, is knowing the character of God. That's exactly right. You have to go to Scripture to know the character of that's God. That's exactly right. Um, yeah. That's lovely. Uh, uh, Oswald Chambers, I wrote down this quote, um, Faith never knows where it is being led, but it loves and knows the one who is leading. Mm. That's a, the powerful statement. Wow. So you know, faith never knows where it is being led, the, wh- wherever it goes but it loves and knows the one who is leading. It really gives context to the term blind faith. Yeah, and just... And that I, I question's that. Who, who loves us better than we love ourselves? God. Okay. Who knows us better than we know ourselves? God. And that who knows what is best for us, no oh, matter God. the circumstance. <laughs> All right, so it's like, then that's where my faith takes me, is to believe that God knows all these things, and so I need to trust Him with that. Uh, one other thing before we go into another one, I just uh, uh, Henry Nowen spoke to something. Well, I'll, I'll give an illustration. I was really frustrated at one time about not hearing from God. I was really praying for an answer, and I wasn't getting an answer, and I, he was making me wait for this answer. So I'm with my son-in-law, who's a, a Christian. He's a ordained minister as well. And we went over to the bookstore over in Grand Rapids. There's a lot of Christian bookstores there. Mm-hmm. And I walked into, the, walked into this place, and I love Henry now, and, and I walk over to a book. Oh, I haven't had this one. So I open it up, and here's the quote. Okay. I have found it very important in my life to try to let go of my wishes and instead live in hope. I'm finding that when I choose to let go of my sometimes petty and superficial wishes and trust that my life is precious and meaningful in the eyes of God, something really new, something beyond my own personal experience begins to happen for me. Mm-hmm. And I went, oh, thank you, God. <laughs> I, I opened, there it was, and it was all in the section on waiting, how we hate to wait. And because waiting implies I want something to go this particular direction. Mm-hmm. And when it's not, I have to wait. And then now it also says, in your waiting, something is planted there. It's like a seed. It's like, how silly is it for a farmer to go after a seed is planted in the ground and stand over the ground saying, I don't see anything happening. You know, how come it's not coming up out of the ground? Something is happening. And we do that a lot. That's right. Something is happening. Mm -hmm. And that's what our prayers do. Something is happening. It's like a seed that's been planted in the ground and God is doing something with it and at the right time. There's going to be a harvest, but that's letting go and letting God do that. Yeah, right? letting Him water it. Yeah. And yeah, oh, that's lovely. Yeah. And I think it's really great that um, for me, what I heard in that quote too is uh, 
Stop being petty. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you realize that sometimes your wishes are like, come on. Yeah. 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 Changing the way that we look at things and trying to match what God has in store for us. Yeah. And that perspective shift is really crucial. Um, so this statement that you said on Sunday was really beautiful, and it says, um, if we are not ready to surrender control to God, then we give Satan a stronghold. Right. That, we said, you know, we give more than Satan a foothold. We begin yeah. to give him a stronghold. Yeah, that's and, exactly right. And so that was something that, of course, we were talking about in the right. Rooted series recently, yep. um, and that's something that they've talked during this uh, addiction series as well. And for me, that was something that was really heavy to think that control is then letting that's that right. in. It is. Right? It really is. Um, and so with that, you know, what does true surrender look like? And another part of that question is, can we look to certain stories or biblical figures to yeah. see what surrender that picture looks like? Yeah. I, first thing I thought when I read your question, I thought of Mary. Mm. Uh, yeah. Let it be unto me as you wish. Let it be unto me. And just total surrender. Did she have all the answers to her questions? No. No. <laughs> About how Joseph was going to react, what the townspeople going to say, uh, all the rest of that. And it could have easily been that she'd been so focused on those issues that, okay, God, because I, I'm a horrible person this way. Um, now, don't judge me, but... No judgment. But... but I would much rather watch a replay of a game once I know the score than watch the game live. Like, yeah. I could hardly go to sleep last night. It was horrible, all right? I would have much rather just had it taped and then know the score, and, well, okay, I can watch it and see what happens because I hate suspense. Okay. Ah, drives me nuts. And there's times when I'm reading a book, if the suspense is too, is too bad, I flip the pages to see how it goes out. Oh, okay, my now goodness. I, I, I'm horrible. <laughs> <I know. laughs> All right. So, so that's hard to surrender that, to, to yeah. trust. You know, I love there's a, just came, um, there's a story about a guy named Jan, John Cavanaugh. Um, he was a... Um, we call it uh, ambassador type of person, State Department person, okay. very well known back in the 50s and 60s. He went to visit Mother Teresa in India. And he went over there, and finally he asked for an audience, and, and it was very rare because she doesn't do that because she's busy doing her work. And so he finally comes in, and she goes, all right, sir, what do you want me to do for you? And she goes, well, I want you to pray for me. And she goes, well, you can pray for yourself, but okay, what, yeah. what do you want me to pray for? He said, pray that I have clarity. I've been really trying to seek what God wants me to do next because I'm done with the State Department stuff. and what. To, so I'm seeking for clarity, more or less, tell me how this is going to work yeah. out. And she goes, oh, I can't do that. And oh. she, she, he goes, you can't? She goes, I've never asked God for clarity. Wow. I've asked him for power to trust him more. Hmm. Isn't that great? That, that is huge. I know yeah. I personally struggle a lot with control. Yeah. So this message was just something I wrestled with and hearing that. And even this morning, you know, I had to really pray like I, God, um, I'm not asking for what it looks like up ahead. I'm just asking that you would guide me in the next step. There the you next go. Step, that's you know? it. And that's so, that's great. So beautiful. That's a great prayer. Yeah. So, but isn't that awesome? What Mother Teresa? She's yeah. She's just an amazing lady. The more you read and study about her, she's something else. She's 
ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, she is so, I mean, they, they say that when she came to visit Bill Clinton, um, she came in and all these very egotistical people were all humbled mm. in her presence. She had such personal power. Just it emanated from her because of how she lived her life. And that really originates to the yeah. way right. from the way that she surrenders. It right. surrenders to God and trusted, yeah. trusted in him. So, wow. you know, I, I think another example is the disciples. Uh, Jesus, what did he say to them? By the, These guys are out fishing. This is their livelihood. Could have been a big business. I don't know. But he said, come, follow me. And the Bible says they left it all yeah. and followed him. That is another example of, of, of surrender. Right. So I think, yeah, there's, there's quite a few, I, you know, just thinking about those off the top of my head. I think that's, uh, that's the answer to that. So, yeah. yeah. Something that it might be harder for others to wrestle with, you know, what does surrender look like in each of our lives? Yeah. But ultimately, I think it's, you know, being willing to lay it all at the, the foot of God. Um, those are just such beautiful depictions. And one more that just came into my head just now was the, um, was the man who came up to Jesus and said, you know, I've, I've done all these things. What else can I do? And yeah. he said, give away all oh, of yeah. your, your riches. Yeah. And that was, that was yeah. that thing that he wanted to hold on to. And I don't want to be like that. That's right. I don't want to hold on to anything. Yeah, I want right. to give it all. That's right. Um, so hopefully I can learn some lessons through this series. <laughs> yeah. what, what do you say? Bonhoeffer has a great quote. He says, what, what the Lord teaches us is the worthlessness of the things we really value mm. in this life. Yeah. And, and, uh, and the value of things that the world considers worthless. I think that's really, really true. So the things that yeah. we really think are super important, you know, we just need to, to trust God. And that's, that's hard. But again, is he, is he good? Yes. Does he love us? Is yes. he faithful? Yes, he is. So, good, faithful, yeah. loving. That's right. Yep. Hold so, on to that. Yep. Wisdom. Um, okay. So you talked about bitterness, mm -hmm. uh, which is not an easy... I mean, this whole thing, it's not an easy topic to hear in church, right? And to have that stirred inside of you. So what would you say to someone who holds on to bitterness? And what can that do to their souls? Yeah. Well, first of all, it grieves the Holy Spirit. Mm. So uh, the Holy Spirit resides in us as Christians. Yeah. And if we're bitter, it grieves the Holy Spirit. I think it grieves the Holy Spirit, one, because... He knows what that does to us. And number two, it prevents him from doing his work. Uh, if we, you know, it's listed in Ephesians with like anger and malice. It's, but the first, first thing that he mentions is bitterness. Yeah. That Paul says that bitterness grieves the Holy Spirit. It makes him very, very sad uh, to see that happen to us. And it, I think not only does that do it to our soul, but it alienates those who are the closest to us, and it builds a wall around your heart. Yeah. Uh, because you're bitter and you hold on to that bitterness. And I think the, the, the phrase was uh, um, uh, misery and staying in misery is how we get back at God for all the things that we have, didn't get in our life. Yeah. But I think it's the same word, bitterness, is we hold on to bitterness because we're making people pay. Mm. We're making, I'm, I'm going to be bitter because I'm making you pay because you, you didn't provide what I really thought you should have provided me or you should have done for me. And... Uh, I'm just being frank and, and honest here, there's, there's times in my life when um, 
I've become bitter and build a wall around your heart. And what happens then, it's an interesting thing, is your heart becomes numb. Yeah. And to be honest, there's some comfort in that. Yeah. It's safety in it because you don't have to be vulnerable and allow people to hurt you again. Yes. That, I mean, there's just, you know, I mean, you said in the honesty, I've been there of holding on to that bitterness, right? And it's not actually hurting the other person like I think it is. (laughs) It's It's hurting me. (laughs) It really is. It just really does. It just alienates them, you know? And uh, sometimes, you know, it's interesting. I just thought about this is... uh, I like a pat on the back like anybody else, you know. I, I I love having coaches that are encouraging that don't kick you in the butt all the time. I just I respond better. And that also an appreciation for job done. Yeah. Right. And just say Acknowledgement. And, and, right. Acknowledgement for what I've done and so forth. Yeah. But there's been times in my past when I felt like, hmm, I really haven't gotten that. I've worked really worked hard over here and I really didn't get acknowledged for that say, in my career as well. Yeah. It's almost like it, it, your, your philosophy is that um, there's only one pie. I like pecan pie. There's only one pecan pie sitting here, and once those slices are gone, there's no more pie left. So it's like the pie of acknowledgement or, or the, the, the pie of success. There's only yeah. so much there. So if you're getting a piece, that means I'm not. Or right. if Sylvia gets a piece, I'm not. Or Rick gets, and so pretty soon I'm going... Man, there's only one piece left here, and then Jake comes and steals it, which would be typical of Jake. But <laughs> but come and get in that last piece. All right. So, but you know what? Here, here's God's world. Here's God's economy. Guess what? There's a hundred thousand pies pie. sitting here. Right. <laughs> and you, there's when what we get from God and the blessings we get from God, acknowledgments we get from God, um, is there is a hundred thousand. There's not just one pie. So, but I think we live our life like there's only one pie, and I better get mine. It's so true. Yeah, I better get mine. But there's a hundred thousand pies. So, yeah. and if I walk into a room, okay, I'll put it this way. And here's Jake and Rick and Sylvia and Andy. If we're in a room and there's like, there's this pecan pie with like five sections cut. Yeah. I'm going. I'm eyeing that pie. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking. Yeah, Sylvia, she's gracious. She'll go. You guys go ahead. You guys, and she won't yeah. like that, but she'll say, you guys go ahead. But but if that, we walk in a room and there's 100 pies sitting on the table, we're all relaxed. We're all at ease with you. Right. He's not going to take my pie. I got I to have a whole pie. I could have two pies if I want. Well, that's, I think we need to look at life that way. Right. That this is God's world and God's ble- going to bless us just like that. And it's okay if somebody else is getting it's that right. blessing or yes. that acknowledgement. Yes. And we can celebrate them That's and it exactly doesn't right. diminish yes. from what God is also doing in us. Yeah. Um, you know, just from a female perspective, I think a lot of times that can happen where, uh, you know, the, in the same scenario, right. Yeah. Where we feel that bitterness towards, you know, somebody else getting something. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, I feel like there's also this shift to, you know, in the workplace, I feel like where I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. We're all on the same team, (laughs) you know, Um, and it's just, it's such a great point that we can encourage each other and while somebody else has that success and it doesn't diminish what I'm doing and what God is doing in me, really. The other thing that God works on me about is that when I become, when I use the term bitter, it's like if someone else is getting praise, 
sometimes Satan uses that it uses it to mean well you're not getting praise for doing the same thing that guy did mm. you know and so but then the, the the second thing that God really lays on my heart is Larry what if you really got what you deserved in life oh yeah what would that be like and I go okay I'll shut up <laughs> right <laughs> if I got really what I deserved then yeah okay had there had there been times when I've been lazy yep, yep. There have been times when I have had not good thoughts. Yeah. You know, so I just need to shut up, you know. Yeah. Because uh, uh, God, has, God has protected me. He's blessed me from not, not having me get what I deserve. Wow. Yeah. I actually have a friend who's um, not a Christian, but, you know, quite often she'll say, oh, my gosh, you just deserve that. And I'm like, no, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Um, yeah. But, yeah, that's a good one, right, yeah. that God is still so gracious and yeah. loving, oh. despite, yeah. Um, so we had a couple more questions. Um, okay, this one I really loved because specifically when um, Je- King Jehoshaphat was, am I saying his name correctly? Yeah, Jehoshaphat. Jehoshaphat, okay. Um, so when they The were, only reason I know that because that's what Yosemite Sam said back with the Bugs Bunny cartoon. Oh, okay. Jumping Jehoshaphat. Yeah. That's, how is, that's how I know. <laughs> <laughs> okay, thank you. Um, when he's got all of his army out there, and yep. they're outnumbered, and they're asking him and looking to him, what do we do? And he yep. says that we're going to praise the Lord. Yep. And they're just giving thanks. And it was such a beautiful depiction. And so this question, what happens when we praise the Lord in times of attack from enemies or hardships? Yeah. Well, there's a great psalm, Psalm 37, that I have to read that to myself all the time. And it goes like this, and I, it's delighting. It says, do not fret because of those who are evil or things that happen that are evil, or be envious of those who do wrong. For like the grass, they will soon wither. Uh, the green, uh, like green plants, they will soon die away. Come on. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and enjoy safe pastures. Uh, take delight in the Lord, and He will give you the desires of your heart. Uh, commend your way to the Lord. I'm having trouble reading this. All right. So, oh, no problem. Commend your way to the Lord. Trust in Him, and He will do this. He will make your righteous uh, make your righteous reward shine like the dawn. Uh, your vindication like the noonday sun. There's a whole list of things like vindications, like, you know, you were right, you prove you're right. You right. know, others might have been saying you were wrong, but you were right. You've been vindicated, right? Uh, be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. Do not fret when people succeed in their ways, when they carry out their wicked schemes. Uh, refrain from anger and turn from wrath. Do not fret, it only leads to evil. Uh, for those who are evil will be destroyed, but those who hope in the Lord will inherit the land. And so it's fret not, uh, don't worry, uh, trust in the Lord because He will do all these things for you. That uh, He will honor you, He will lift you up, He will vindicate you, He will give you power. But I, I love that passage of scripture. But then thirty six five through nine is the other one. Should have brought my glasses in. Uh, your love, Lord, reaches the heavens. 
There's a song that goes like that. Reaches the heavens. Uh, your faithfulness to the skies. Your righteousness is like the highest mountains. Your justice like the great deep. You, Lord, preserve both people and animals. Uh, I should be having you read this, Chris. How priceless is your unfailing love, O God. People take refuge in the shadow of your wings. They trust on the abundance of your house. You give them drink from your river of delights. I love that picture. Uh, For with you is the fountain of life. In your light, we see light. So those are just two right there. The, The Psalms is full of these passages of scriptures of that when we, we trust in God, mm-hmm. he will respond and support us in that faithfulness to him. Just like what happened with Judah, the nation of Judah and Jehoshaphat leading them right. and going out and trust. I think of Gideon. Okay, yes. Uh, he said, you have too many soldiers. <laughs> what? Kept narrowing them down. <laughs> down to yep. 300 going against his army. Yeah. Right. And Wanted to show it was going to be his power. That's right, and it's yeah. and it's God's power, and so that that's the the hard thing. Whether it's our personal fight or what, when we're trying to accomplish something, say even in the church, is to just let God take care of this thing. But when we praise God, when we trust in God, great things are going to happen as a result of that. Yeah. It's just an amazing thing uh, that God is the one that's going to protect us, and He's going to defeat the enemy. Yeah. And so that's that's wonderful. I would say, like, what I'm hearing and taking away is not just praying for God to come through. It's not just praying. It's praising. Mm-hmm. It's pouring out that love because exactly. he's going to be faithful yeah. to me. Um, and that is such a good feeling, knowing yeah. that I'm surrendering, like you said, to a God yeah. who is loving, yeah. to a God who is good, yeah. to a God who is faithful. That's right. And he's proving it time and time yeah. again in Scripture. That's right. But he's, he's in my life, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, when, when I've tried to do things my way uh, and insist on uh, doing things the way I think they should be done, it hasn't always worked. But when I have really let God take care of it, it might not seem like it's working, mm-hmm. but ultimately I look back on it and I go, oh, my goodness, I can see God's hand in all this. Right. Right? And it's just, I think I've, I've shared this before, but just in, in my own life, here's an example. Um, I never wanted to be in ministry, ever. Uh, my wife did not want to be a minister's wife, ever. Uh, and yet there was no doubt that God called me into ministry. Mm-hmm. So I'm at a crossroads. Do I trust in God that he knows me better than I know myself mm-hmm. and take that step and right. go do this thing? Or do I, hey, I want to stay here at this company I was working, make a boatload of money, and be financially secure the rest of my life and and so forth. So I had to make a choice. Do I believe and trust in God? Well, I I did believe God. I did believe in God. I did trust God. And then, secondly, I've always wanted to be back in Cincinnati. That's my home. I wanted to be back there. And just there was times I ached, literally Mm -hmm. ached to be home, be around mom and dad. I have brothers who live there. I, I, I mean, ached. And God never opened the door. He had me be in Northeast Indiana, Northwest Ohio, and Michigan, uh, which is the constituent area of Great Lakes Christian College. Yeah. And I was president of that college. So when I look back, I go, oh, my 
Yeah, he had it all. You were working upstream. You're. I, I just, me. I just had to yeah. just trust that he had my life, and I kept wondering, why am I here at this place? Why am I? Because God opened. There was no question. God opened the doors to go to those places. Right. But I kept saying, why? Why am I doing this? Well, God, when you follow what God is asking you to do, there's going to be a completion. There's going to be a fulfillment. Um. I think it Oswald Chambers again says that when our desires are righteous, mm-hmm. God will fulfill those desires. Right. Asking God yeah. to give you yeah. righteous desires yeah. too, yeah. right? To change your heart. Yeah. And he he will he will he will answer that. And the other thing he said is if God is not answering your prayers right now, maybe they need to be purified a little bit. Mm. I think that's an interesting wow. one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I. So yeah. Okay. Right. Okay. I, I got to get out of the way a little bit more. Right. That's so true. Yep. Um, Larry, I know we're coming up on time, but do you have any other thoughts to really just yep. kind of put a, a capstone on? Well, the thoughts? last one is giving up control. Okay. So uh, I came across this years ago. I was doing a thing on control, and I was thinking these things out. And here, I'll do this real quick since I don't know how much time we have. But uh, the first thing is we want to control our image. Mm-hmm. Uh, we want people to think of us the way we want them to think. Yeah. Uh, and so what I wrote, this makes a life of transparency, confession, and repentance very difficult then. Right. All right. But what, what is the result of wanting to control our image? Fear. Okay. Because fear that somehow someone's going to discover who we really are. Right. And so when we try to control, it's, there, that control has the aspect of fear. Then also, we, that's the first control. We want to control others. Yeah. Uh, we think we know what's best for everybody if they just do what we said, right? right? Man, are you speaking to me? <laughs> <laughs> so, that this leads us to become judgmental yeah. and gives us a lack of trust in other people. Mm-hmm. And, but when we try to control others, the result is frustration well, yeah. because no one seems to want to play by our rules. So we want to control our image, it's fear. Control others, it's frustration. We want to control our problems, meaning that we, want, we not, don't want to. What we, come, we become blind to what the real issues are in our life mm. and ignore the painful solutions to the things. Right. And so it's fatigue sets in because we're like fighting upstream right. because we, we're not focusing on the right things, we're focusing on these things. We're wondering why we're still not where we should be in our life. Mm-hmm. So it's fear, frustration, fatigue. And the last one, we want to control our future. Uh, and that's going to result in failure. So there's all Fs there. But uh, we fail, right? But it's fear, frustration, fatigue, and failure when we try to be in right. control. That's going to be the result of that. So the result is giving that control over to God and say, you know what's best, you lead me, and I'll just trust and you'll open the doors. Yeah. And when I retired from... Great Lakes Christian College. Uh, I've always been a person that is like a hard charger kind of guy, and I have plans, and you know, I have these twelve-step programs, different kind of programs. Uh, But when I retired, I said to God, "I said, God, I'm going to take my hands off of my life, and for the next six months, let you take over." Yeah. And that was like a real strange thing for me to do because I, I wasn't really good at that. Okay. Because I didn't know what my next step was. I, I still wanted to serve. Mm-hmm. I'm not done serving. I still want to do something with my life. And at the six-month mark, 
North Point called me and said, hey, we want you to be a part of our preaching team. Wow. And then also there's a church called 242 Community Church. They want me, I'm on their preaching team as well. Yeah. And so it's like, okay. And it keeps me just as busy. And then uh, two mission groups asked me to be on their missions board. So now I'm working as hard yeah. as I want to work, <laughs> being retired. But that's how God works, right? And yeah. it's just, just uh, trust him that, that he has that, your best interest at heart. Yeah. And he is working to do that, which is fantastic. So Surrender. Yep. Trust that he is good. That's right. That he is loving. That's right. And that he is faithful. That's right. There yeah. you go. Well, Great. thank you, Larry. Sure thank Chris. You did a fantastic job. Really oh, I appreciate I, that. You <laughs> have such encouraging words. Oh, well, I appreciate that. Yeah. <laughs> um, make sure to check out um, the North Point Plus podcast and get caught up on all of the steps. You can like, you can share, you can follow. Check us out on Facebook, YouTube, Spotify, the app, and we'll see you next week.